0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Nicole and you are listening to Pray the Word. And today um, in this podcast. We're going to look at something. We're going to do things a little differently. Um, But I have been reading the Bible with uh, just a group of women who love the Word, and we get on Zoom together. We're from all around the country, and we get on Zoom together, and we just kind of touch base, tell where we're reading, come back. And it's been really cool to see how really scripture interprets scripture and how the holy spirit is leading us on this journey of themes um i'm reading in nehemiah some people are reading in the book of hebrews some people are reading uh, a lot of people are reading in the book of john right now Um, some in luke some in uh, psalms and job and lamentations i mean everybody's all over the board but it's been cool to see When someone begins to share a highlight or two of what they've been reading, how it resonates with us, uh, the rest of us and, and, and some of the themes that we're seeing as well. Um, if you want to know more about that, let me know. I can send you a link to invite you to, um, the very same thing that I host on Thursdays at noon during the summer of 2022. Um, love to invite you to that and you can experience that with us as well. but one of the things that I wanted to share with you is something that's been coming up, um, not only in the one that I meet with every day with these group of ladies, but also um, in the one that I host, and that's faith. And what is faith? And 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 God's just been taking me on this journey. So in this next segment, I just want to share with you a little bit about one of the themes that came up today, and then in the final segment, we can just kind of pray through that And I'd love to pray for you as well. So join me in the next segment as we talk about faith. All right, so we are in Genesis. And I'm going to assume that you know the story. If you don't know the story, it's really amazing. And you can find um, this portion in Genesis Chapter twenty-eight, but basically, um, there's this guy. His name is Jacob, and he's running away from his family because he basically deceived his dad and really double-crossed his brother, and is running away to a family that is on his mother's side. So he's running away to the to family, and he it says starting in Genesis twenty-eight, starting in uh, verse ten. Meanwhile, Jacob, this is the guy, left Beersheba and traveled towards Haran. And at sundown, he arrived at a good place and he set up camp and he stopped there for the night. And Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. And as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway stood the Lord, the Lord. Even after all he's done, the Lord still shows up to this guy. And he said, I am the Lord the god of your grandfather abraham and the god of your father isaac the ground you are lying on belongs to you i'm giving it to you and to your descendants your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth they will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east to the north and to the south and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants and what's more What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go, and one day I will bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. What? That's huge. This guy is running away, it's it's fair to say for his life, because he did some really, double dirty things to his, his brother. Like he just totally double crossed him and he's running away. And here is God showing up and saying, I'm going to give you this land. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you descendants as numerous as the stars. And what's more, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to bring you back to this land. I know you're running away right now, uh, but I'm going to bring you back here and I'm not going to leave you until when? When? until I finish giving you everything I promised you. That's a promise from the God of heaven. Now, Jacob had heard of the God of heaven from his dad and his granddad, and they were worshipers of the true God. And here he is hearing him directly telling him all of this, Jacob, in verse 16, awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it, but he was also afraid. And he said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. And that the next morning, Jacob got up very early and he took the stone he had rested on his head, his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. And then he poured olive oil all over it, and he named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although the name of the nearby village was Luz. Then Jacob made this vow, made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing... And if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Okay, there's all this. If God, okay, God, if you really are going to do this and you really do this and you really do this, I need to see it. I just need to see it. If you really are going to do that, okay, then when you bring me back like you promised, then I'm going to set up this place to worship you. And I, uh, I so relate to this because, and tell me if you do too, isn't this like the promises that we have from the Lord? He will never leave us or forsake us. He has given us inheritance. Jesus is the threshold, is is the door. And we pass through the door, Jesus, the threshold of Jesus, the cross, into the fullness of the inheritance that we have as sons and daughters. And God, our Father, has said it. And and not only has he said it, he's written it down in his book, that we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are co-heirs with Christ. He has given that to us. He's written it down for us to remember and to see. And we're like, okay, if you, you know, like we, we still struggle with believing and appropriating. Isn't that a great word? Appropriating. And it basically means just actively receiving, actively receiving what God has given to us. So so if I, if I hand you a ring, like I'm wearing a ring, a couple rings on my hand, and if I take one of them off, And I hand it to you. I hold it in the palm of my hand. I extend the palm of my hand to you. What do you have to do to receive it? I say, this is yours. You can have it. (laughs) What a lot of us do is go, cool, there's a ring in the hand and that's mine. I love that ring. It's a great ring. And and, and sometimes you're like, hey, can I see that ring? I'm like, take it. And you're like, no, I just want to see it, you know? And God is just like I actually want you to take it from the palm of my hand and put it on your own hand. That's appropriation. That's actively receiving it. The promise is ours, but we have to actively receive it. And it it sort of looks different on each of us, but usually it comes through I would say the fire of trial where we have to believe that God is exactly who he says he is. He can do exactly what he says he can do. And we have the promises of him and, and we go to him. We say, God, you said, you said, peace. I leave with you. My peace. I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. I'm not experiencing peace right now, Lord. And I want to. And so I'm, I'm saying, yes, come, come peace of God. Come Prince of peace. You are actively receiving in that moment as you pray that, you're actively desiring to receive the promise that God gave you that he is your peace. How? Most of the time it's by looking to Jesus, getting our eyes back on him, getting our eyes back on him. So here is Jacob just saying, okay, God, if you're really going to do this, then I'm going to worship you. And and it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, does that sound familiar? For me, it does. So Jacob spends years, at least, I think, at least I think about 20 years learning that God is exactly who he says he is, and he can do exactly what he says he can do. And then he's coming back, and in Genesis 35, God speaks to him again. And he says, get ready, move to Bethel and settle there. Bethel is the place where Jacob had the dream initially and he, he was resting his head on a rock and he's like hey if God brings me back to this place where this rock is I set up as a memorial I'm going to worship God so it's named Bethel get ready to move to Bethel and settle there build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau and so Jacob does it and he gets himself and all his family ready to go back Cause God, God fulfilled his promise and then he worships. And then, uh, it says in verse nine of chapter 35, now that Jacob had returned from Padan Aram, God appeared to him again at Bethel and God blessed him saying, your name is Jacob, but you will not be called Jacob any longer from now on. Your name will be Israel so God renamed him Israel. And then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. And you will become a great nation, even many nations and kings will be among your descendants. He's reaffirming his promises and he's telling him again, Jacob, I am who I say I am, and I'm going to do exactly what I say I can do. And you are exactly who I said you are. And you've been testing that out, but you're still who I say you are. I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. And then God went up from that place where he had spoken to Jacob. And Jacob set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him. And then he poured wine over it as an offering to God. And he anointed the pillar with olive oil. And Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house of God, because God had spoken to him there. What I love is that Jacob, even though he's like, all right, God, I know you said all these things, but if you actually do them, I'm going to worship you. And, and, you know, I can look at that and go, ugh, Um, but Jacob followed through on his word. He did. Um, And God, what I'm so grateful for is that God Was still God, and he didn't despise or take back from Jacob the promises that he gave him because of his struggle to actually believe him. I am learning that unbelief grieves God's heart so much. Unbelief grieves God's heart so much. He deeply desires to be believed. Just like if you're a parent, you deeply desire. For your kids to believe how much you love them and how much it would hurt them if they would try to come pay for the room and board you know like when they're little kids college kids <laughs> kids out of the house that might be another thing but you know what I'm saying like how how much it would grieve me if my daughter when she comes home from school college just said no I'll just sleep out on the porch I, I don't You know, I don't really believe you have a room inside for me, you know, or anytime they wanted to go grab something to eat from the fridge, they'd be like, may I please have a piece of bread and may I use a little bit of your butter? I'm like, child, it's all yours. Just take it. And somehow they think they have to earn it. How much we grieve God through unbelief and our lack of faith. I don't know, but I'm, I'm coming awake to it. And I want to believe God fully that he is exactly who he says he is. And the promises that he's written out for me in his word are really truly mine. The hard part is sometimes knowing how to appropriate them. Do you hear that whistle? (laughs) That's in the background. That's the train that passes by my house, this house that God has actually given to us. And that's a story for another time. By faith he did but how much we grieve God when we don't actually believe him. And I I want to walk in faith and belief of what he has said. And again, like I I, I was starting to say, I'm learning how to believe him. I'm learning how to walk out his word by faith. And it's not a wishful, hopeful faith. It's a, God, you said in your word that this is true. You said it. I don't see it, and I'm not sure why, but would you show me? And if there's something in me that you want to do to put me in a better position to receive that promise actively, then do it. And it usually comes with a prayer from the Psalms. that says, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Sometimes I hinder my own answers to prayer because of, of my unforgiveness. Usually that's primarily, usually um, the the greatest way to hinder an answer to prayer is my unforgiveness towards someone else because God is so zealous for us to forgive others as we've been forgiven. Um sometimes it's just unbelief because of past hurt or trauma um, where maybe somebody double-crossed you and you're like, well, you know, maybe it was your dad, maybe it was your parent, maybe it was an authority figure and you're like, well... And somehow you transfer that belief onto God and you're like, well, I I really can't trust anybody in authority. I really can't trust anybody when they say X, Y, Z because I've been so hurt. And God's like, but I'm not a man (laughs) that I should lie. And he wants us to believe that. And sometimes I tell him that too. I say, God, you're not a man that you should lie. You are not a man that you should lie. Help me believe you here. And he does. I, I believe, brother and sister, if you stuck with me this long listening to this, I believe that this is a season where God wants us to believe him. And there's a blessing and a warning He wants us to believe him as a warning that he means to purify his bride right now. He means to have a pure and spotless bride for his son. He means that we are done with idols. He means that we have no other God set up before him. He means that we watch what we watch. We are careful with what we allow into our eyes. He means that we that out of the heart, the mouth speaks, and we should examine what is coming out of our mouths. He means that we should be hungry for his word. We should be, and, 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 and if we're not, we can ask for that. He means to be God and Lord in our lives. He means to be that, not just an add-on to the American dream. He means to be God, and that looks very different I'm preaching to myself. It's a warning. And if you if if you wonder if if that's true, just look around. He deals with the house of God first. Look around at all the pastors who are being exposed in this season because they would not repent. They would not turn. There are the, the things that are happening that we do in the secret places are being exposed. But don't you know it has come after so much conviction that comes with hope from the Holy Spirit. He has eagerly desired that we turn those things over and give them away to, to, to say no and repent from those things that have taken us away from our first love. He's doing it with the pastors and leaders. He will do it with the sheep. He will do it with people because he means for us, he means for us to believe him and his word I I believe that's part of the reason why he is activating a hunger in us again for his word. Because he wants us to stand firm and know what these warnings are again. There's a warning, but there's also blessing. Oh, there's so much blessing in here as well. We are exactly who he says we are. We are so deeply loved by him. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We can cry out for wisdom whenever we need it, and it wells up within us. We have the mind of Christ. We have the authority of Christ. We have the forgiveness of Christ. We have the cleansing of Christ. We have the patience of Christ. We have his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, his self-control. We have everything that we need to walk out life and godliness in this present age. We do. What a blessing. We have God, our Father, with us who has said, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. I will be with you always. And he, he, Jesus himself said, oh, I eagerly desires these, these that you've given to me to be with me where I am, that they may see my glory. God himself has given his children his own glory. That's amazing. His precious promises come with warnings, but also come with blessing. And he wants us to walk in faith with that. He is awakening us He is shaking us and he is awaking us. Why? Because he's preparing for Jesus, a pure and spotless bride. And because there are people that, that, forgive us, Lord, who do not know that Jesus is real. Because we have walked in such faithlessness. We have walked in such unbelief ourselves. We have not walked in the authority that God has given to us. We have not walked in the joy that God has given to us even in the midst of suffering. We don't know our God. We we know about him. We can quote him. We can teach him systematically. But we don't know him because we haven't sat with him and have been still before him just to know that we know that we know that he is God and to experience his manifest presence with us as he speaks to us (laughs) as we linger with him as we sit at his feet he said mary chose the better thing and it's not going to be taken from her faith 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 is not pie in the sky faith is actively walking out the promises of god and then watching him work in and through us as we do. Isn't that awesome? That's just some, again, obviously not linear, this little exhortation, but it's some of the things that I've been pondering in this season. And it was prompted simply by reading the Bible this morning with a few people over Zoom. And again, if you're, if you're interested in knowing more about that, look down below. I'll send you a link to my Zoom Bible reading, and, and we'll do this together. In the next segment, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for my brother and my sister, and I thank you, Father, for faith I thank you that it was because of you planting a seed of faith in my own heart that caused me to respond, to actively respond and say, yes, I wanted to know you. And you drew me in. You drew my brother in, my sister in, whether they were three or 93, when we first came to know you, God, it was you activating faith in us. And now we get to walk it out. By continuing to actively receive all that you have and want to pour into us, God. I thank you that your word says that you promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. You say that in Hebrews chapter 1. Thank you that everything belongs to Jesus. Thank you that, that you rule and reign, Jesus That in you, we live and we move and we have our being. Everything was created by you and for you. And that's true. No matter what our eyes see, you are seated at the right hand of the throne of God until your enemies are made a footstool. And you have been given children. And that's us. And we received your very spirit when you adopted us as your children father we call you abba we call the creator of the universe abba father and your spirit testifies with our spirit that we're your children you gave us your very self spirit of christ holy 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 spirit spirit of the father you live within us And you bring to our mind to remember everything that that has been said. We have your mind, we can do what we hear and what we see the Father doing and saying because of your very Holy Spirit who lives within us, who made us alive again in you, Jesus. We're your children and we're your heirs father you gave jesus everything as his inheritance you say in your word and then you say that we are co-heirs with christ we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ jesus all of it father would you help and empower my brother, my sister, to remember the promises that you've spoken to them in the dark and the hard times. Would you recall and Would you recall those to mind and help them simply say, God, you said, when they're struggling, God, you said that this is true. I don't see it as a reality. Will you help me walk this out and believe you in it? And God, in the good times, would you help and empower my brother, my sister, myself to lift up a song of praise to you. I say thank you. Thank you for being exactly who you say you are. God, I pray for such a hunger and a thirst for the word, for myself, for the one who's listening. God, not just to read it, to get knowledge and to check off a box, but to encounter you within the word, living word to encounter you within the word, living word, that you would speak and promises that we need to have and to see, we would see. And you would you would apply that, Father, to us and to our circumstances. And you would help us to stand firm when we've done everything else, to stand firm and to believe and trust you. God, thank you also for... Huh, giving us offensive weapons as well you have a singing in the spirit <laughs> and you have a speaking out your very word you have given us authority as sons and daughters to declare and to decree as you have declared and decreed about our circumstances and about our own faith If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, make us the biggest declarers of the word of God to ourselves. (laughs) Some people say, let us preach to ourselves, Father. Teach us how to remember. Hey, 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 you have the mind of Christ. So where is your mind right now, Nicole? I would speak to myself. You have the mind of Christ. So be still and know that he is God. Be still. And as you are, know that he is God. He is an ever-present help in time of trouble. God, you are an ever-present help in time of trouble. And your joy is our strength. God, thank you. Father, thank you for the one who's listening. I just, I bless them, Father, to, to run their race with perseverance, the one that has been marked out for them, God. I bless them to keep their eyes fixed on you, me too, to keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus, and that we would never say, if you really are going to do this, then I will. Oh, God, let us never say that, Lord. Help us to say, God, I believe. Thank you for strengthening my belief. And like Job, oh, I've heard about you, but now I've seen you. Now I've seen you. God, help us to appropriate and stand firm in the promises that you've given to us. And when we struggle, help us to get back up. We won't fall headlong because you're the one who's holding our hand. God, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.